Disclaimer. This podcast is not suitable for children. We do curse and talk about very adult topics. We also talk about darker topics with a sense of humor, but are by no means making light of those who experience any sort of trauma and have no intention of offending. All sources for research will be in the podcast episode description, wherever you may be listening. Thanks for your time. And the dog hair is free. There you go. Good job, Tina. I, <laughs> I love I love that track. I really hope we don't get in trouble, though. No. It is well, very similar. <laughs> it is. It is a half step down, specifically. So I, I tuned everything down to E flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything is half a step off tuning wise specifically for that reason wow okay (laughs) but i wanted to i wanted to do uh so the song in reference is i'm not okay i promise by my chemical romance um and i wanted to do a kind of a quote-unquote tribute to them because i really cut my teeth on some my chem records mm-hmm. for like my guitar playing stuff mm-hmm. um and that song in particular is like specifically the youtube uh video if you just do a search for like i'm not okay mm-hmm. my cam um you'll find the mtv released like music video for it um and i remember listening to that back in middle school and high school um and man there is something really satisfying <laughs> about that like the power chord with the missing i think it's a fifth um but it's uh it's just like the root and the octave which gives you that like i don't know that like really stringy like whatever the main like like, a gritty punk yeah it's the the part in that in that riff that's just the like it it sounds really thin and like Mm-hmm. I don't know, really driving, but that, that octave and the the root and the octave is what does that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so good job. I love that. It's song. fun. It's immediately <laughs> noticeable. But yeah, so today's episode, um, I researched. Um, I'm so excited. Some. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to like introduce it. So the title of my document that I like made up for this episode is called my chemical romance wrote and or recorded the black parade album in a haunted mansion and if you don't think that's the tightest shit you can get out of my face (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) wonderful (laughs) by all means get out of my face yeah (laughs) so anyways we love my chemical romance here um for me specifically the black parade album like you were saying about how uh, their music is something that you've gone to to learn from mm-hmm. in your like musical endeavor. Um, I would say that not that I'm like a singer or nothing, but I remember this album being one of the first type of albums that I would like sing along with. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you know anything that you start singing along with, that's kind of where your range. Mm-hmm. is and where you develop your range because it's like new to you and that's you're trying to emulate that so i i started singing along a lot with this album mm-hmm. so i credit a lot of like <laughs> my ability to sing <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're a good singer um I to so, like least. trying to mimic what 
this album was doing Mm -hmm. which is funny because this album is so all over the place it's it's like ballady it's like rock anthemy and it's it's like arena rock at some points punk at some points metal at some like and i'll get we're gonna get all into that yeah Um, but i just i adore the black parade album yeah yeah no it's it's definitely like a conceptual album in like in general Mm -hmm. and it's really it, I I don't know. I, a couple of people would like scream heresy, but it's it's kind of up there with like Queen stuff for me. Well, that's really funny the, that you say that because we'll get into it. But Queen is like a huge inspiration for. Oh yeah, you can't yeah. listen to that album and not think to yourself like, oh, he must have been listening to like yeah, like at least one Freddie track. Yeah, like it's it's all over the place. It's so like it's so theatrical and mm-hmm. just like bombastic mm-hmm. at points, and I, you can't not listen to that and say, "Yeah, there's got to be some somebody in that band has listened to Queen mm-hmm. feverishly at some point." So it, that's that album. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really love that album. To be quite honest, I don't have much experience with the other albums. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just. I got this one, and I just listened to this one over and over and over and over again. The early albums are really good. I know, and I've gotten into it, and I've <laughs> I've looked through because, like, I'm trying to be a bit more adventurous mm-hmm. in that way. Like, I have a really I don't I, maybe not a bad habit, but with all music, I find the one song, I listen to the one song, and I don't venture out. And then you tell me what the one song is, and then I take the deep dive. And then and you then venture I, out. And yeah. then I find the entire discography by whoever the artist is, <laughs> and then expose you to it. Yeah. A, um, a month later, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah. So I, I have been kind of looking into the other stuff, and I, I do I do like like mm. some of the like the earlier album and stuff. Um, so uh, the topic about this today, <laughs> the topic mm-hmm. about what we're talking about today is the whole haunted mansion thing um so i learned of the, of that fact very recently while watching a my chemical romance iceberg video on youtube um sure. by the, their name on youtube is evan rogers the link is going to be in the sources mm-hmm. um there's a lot of fun little like snippets of information um but that was one that i heard and i was like what and then <laughs> it opened up the doors into the research of this mm. Um, I don't remember where it fell on like iceberg listing of things. Um, so yeah, you just have to figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what an iceberg video is? You know what I mean by that? Well, it, I mean, I get the concept. Like, yeah. There's some, like, there's some popular detail or some, something that like everybody knows about, but nobody dives deeper into whatever the thing is. I don't, I don't know an exact example. But essentially, there's there's one thing that everybody knows about, and then there's the story about why that's happened, and then once you dig into why that's happened or why that is or how that came about, it there's all this other stuff. Sort of, it. yeah. So like the the term used, like that's only the tip of the iceberg, right? Like that's the fact that everybody knows that you you're mentioning, but then there's also levels of the iceberg that are a bit more subversive. So it's like right. Everybody knows about like the Beatles, mm-hmm. and then the next would be like the name of the Beatles, and then you go deeper, and it's like you know, then you go into like the relationships of the Beatles, and then it's like Yoko Ono and all the drama. So that would be like further down mm-hmm. into the iceberg that's under the surface of the water right. to put a visual to it. Right. 
So this this topic today, the haunted mansion thing, is somewhere in the middle part of the iceberg. <laughs> so yeah, so I wanted to look into like the band's experience, but I also just wanted to look into spooky haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. I want to see if I can find some stuff about haunted mansion. Um, before we get into that, though, I want to talk about who is my chemical romance. Please do. Yeah, so my chemical romance, according to Wikipedia, can be categorized in the following ways. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Alternative rock, punk rock, post hardcore uh-huh. punk rock hard rock hardcore punk gothic rock pop rock arena rock glam rock heavy metal and controversially emo yeah okay uh, yeah I, I see all those um in in some articles and and a lot of the articles just a disclaimer a lot of these are fall way back into like the early 2000s so what the band said then versus now might have changed a little bit so we just want to Going forward, I just want to be like, okay, let's distinguish that a little bit. But based on a couple of those articles that I found, the band describes their music as either rock or quote unquote, violent, dangerous pop. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. Cool. You call it whatever you want, Gerard. (laughs) Yeah. So before we get into why emo is controversial, I want to introduce the current band members. Mm -hmm. A lead vocalist and pretty much leader of the band is Gerard Way. Yeah. Bassist is Mikey Way, also they are brothers. Mm-hmm. Way Way. Uh lead guitar is Ray Toro. Rhythm guitar is Frank Lero. Lero? Yeah, I think that's right. Um there is a drummer, but I le- believe that there's some like weird drama. Is it Frank um Iero? Iero? Iero, maybe L E R O. Mm, I thought it was an I. I E R O. Oh. I E R O. I don't think so. I, I Yeah, I think it's uh Iero or Iero. Damn. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Whatever. That's all right. Strike one. We um, won't we won't hold it against you. <laughs> watch you be wrong. Hold on. Everybody stop. <laughs> it's it's Lero. I like I've seen it multiple times like that. I'm pretty sure it's oh, I'm pretty sure it's Iero. I'm pretty sure your mama. Hey, Siri. Who's the rhythm guitarist for My Chemical Romance? Stop. Former guitarists of My Chemical Romance include Ray Toro and Frank Iero. Oh, it is Iero. Iero. I saw the... Okay. I'm going to put that in. No, don't! <laughs> no with the siri voice and everything <laughs> oh that's so mean uh, it's because i saw the i and like i know it's a name but my mind saw it and was like that's an o lowercase l you idiot oh i arrow god damn it frank i arrow frank i arrow this, it's okay this isn't a competition of who's more emo than who <laughs> this <laughs> And this is, it's about who's more fucking stupid. Because <laughs> I literally researched this whole entire fucking thing. I, I got his name wrong. Oh, God. Okay. Shut up. Like I said, I I cut my teeth on this shit. Okay. There was a drummer, um, but there's been a lot of drama. Um, and I'm not super interested in the drama, so I'm going to move on. Um, for now, I think the drummer is James Dewey's for like touring and stuff. Uh yeah, well, yeah. For currently, I yeah. was about to say I'm not familiar with the with that name in particular, but yeah, for current touring, that would make sense. Dewees, D E W E E S. Am I saying that right? Is that right? 
I don't know. Sure. (laughs) Okay. So why is emo controversial? Gerard Way shared his opinion of the emo genre as, quote, fucking garbage, unquote. (laughs) Yeah. Again, articles from... Why? Yeah, so... What's his reasoning? So articles posted in 2007 seems like the band was labeled as emo, but weren't getting the bookings current emo bands were getting, plus being labeled as something the band wasn't aiming for. Mm. Um, So I don't know if it was so much as anger towards the music, like emo music, than it was about the industry trying to tag them and then like fucking with the trajectory that Gerard wanted. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Because a lot of, like, the articles and a lot of the feedback that I saw from them, it was just like, emo's fucking stupid. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. it's, I found that quote where it was like, yeah, so we're emo, but we're not getting the gigs mm-hmm. that the other, like, big emo bands are getting. So, but, like, so what's that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, I, I think another thing was, like, we're, uh, we're performing with, like, Christian rock bands and not getting, like, the gigs next to these, like, large, like, labeled as emo bands when we're, like, being, like, placed. What Christian rock bands were they playing with? The Killers? Huh? (laughs) Were they playing with the Killers? I don't know. I think the Killers are uh, technically a a Christian rock band. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I I think also, like, I just think back to early 2007, like, if somebody came up to me and was like, are you emo? I'd be like, no! And it's like, yeah. <laughs> no, but yes, but no, but yeah. I don't know. So I, I think as like millennials, we look back at that time and, and are like, we embrace it now to an extent, but back then it was like, no, I'm different. <laughs> yeah, it. I I would say that I self-identified in that, in that like culture and that subculture. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I wouldn't either, but I, I think that's the joke is that it's like... Mm. No, I'm not. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, though, thinking, like, looking at their albums, though, mm-hmm. and, and, like, listening to them, it's like, okay, sure, yeah, but also, like, it's so, the range is so vast with what they want to do. Sometimes it's theatrical, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's mm-hmm. that, that it's like, sure, yeah, like, I'd be pissed, too, if somebody was like, you're only this. It's, well, exactly. It's hard to want to, like, pigeonhole yourself into one label or the other and it's actually funny that we're talking about this because uh in prep for the track i was trying to like pin down sounds and if you play music or guitar specifically or whatever and you're on youtube and you're looking up uh anderton's uh youtube channel to music retailer in the uk um they have a fantastic youtube channel but one of the series that they run is um sounds like and then they do uh by busting the bank and without busting the bank so they Hmm. do sound like this band on a budget sound like this band with like the best uh equipment and whatever else Mm -hmm. um and one of the videos i was watching this morning was sound like my chemical romance without busting the bank oh um and it was it was really cool uh and all, all all their videos are awesome um but the emo label came up and they were talking about my chem being labeled as a an emo band and uh one of the guys on the show was talking about um how that's kind of a controversial Mm -hmm. thing now so i think that's it's interesting that that's like a widespread people that are familiar with the band and with the band members and 
what the band's done are aware that either the label itself as emo is mm-hmm. uh, controversial for like the, the genre as a whole mm-hmm. or that at least my chem as a band has a problem with the label in general mm-hmm. so it's just interesting that it's it's that publicized well and like i we're gonna i'm gonna talk about the difference mm-hmm. between like the emo genre and other genres in a minute here but like i think too when when we think of like emo kids versus like goth kids mm-hmm. Like I think if you were to say like oh yeah it's it's a it's goth music I'd be quicker to be like yeah you're totally right but then if somebody were to come up and be like that's emo music I'd be like I I would argue that a little bit because when I think of emo I think of that weird little section of emo kids that like listen to 303 <laughs> You know what I mean Well it's, a, it's or like a, Hollywood Undead I one I I enjoyed Hollywood Undead. <laughs> Two. But would you tell anybody? <laughs> I, I would tell certain people, but I guess that's kind of to the point. Um, yeah, no, emo to me is like, a, it's a subgenre it's of like a subgenre. It's like weird, like it's dark, but it's like, like neon kind of mm-hmm. and more extroverted. I had I had me a pair of neon green vans that I wore when I was labeling as an emo kid. So so, yeah. anyways, we'll we'll get back to that in a second. Um, <laughs> so uh, in in talking about like their type of music and you know sounding like Queen and stuff, mm-hmm. um, he cites a lot of the inspiration. Well, the band cites a lot of the inspiration and influence um from bands like queen misfits black flag Mm -hmm. iron maiden the Mm -hmm. cure joy division bauhaus oh shit i didn't look up how to say this one what is it you gonna show me Susie and ban and the banshees yeah Susie. uh sweet sweet uh, I believe it is Susie and the Banshees, yes. The Smiths and Morrissey, mm-hmm. which reads to me more punk and goth, with the exception of Queen, which is more of an arena rock kind of. Debatably, you could call Morrissey like, I don't know, like old age emo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so according to Diffin.com, the emo genre... Um, or movement stands for emotional hardcore mm-hmm. um, and it is a type of punk rock music that evolved out of the washington dc area uh in the mid-1990s mm-hmm. that tracks <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just, this whole i can't help but to think during this whole conversation like where i was listening to this music mm-hmm. like middle school and into high school and all that so yeah anyway well and it's I, I tried to find a little bit more on that but a lot of it was just like it's emotional music and i'm like all music is emotional like what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> it's emotional music oh you mean it's music music yeah like and and so i was really trying and then i it, like got out of the way and then it was talking and, and then i got into like what's emo versus goth music versus punk music versus mm-hmm. rock music and i was just like that's not what this is about we got to move on yeah one well, at a certain point you're just splitting hairs yeah so and that's that's really what this feels like. This this feels yeah. more like we needed to give you a label. Right. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And the people that were given the emo label were like, we don't fucking want this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were fine just being punk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, let's talk back about the band. Upsetting facts coming in. Trigger warning for 9-11 related topics. 
Um, the band was created as a response to the 9-11 attacks. Really? Yeah. Wow. Gerard Way was seated on a ferry going across the Hudson River when the first plane hit the Twin Towers. Oh, my God. Really? He didn't see the plane hit, but after getting off of the ferry, he witnessed the towers falling along with hundreds of people. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. From the docks. Wow. That's really intense. Yeah. Really upsetting to like think about. It's even hard to like say it. Wow. Yeah. Um, so in an article on Genius.com, Gerard is quoted as saying that creating My Chemical Romance was a kind of therapy to deal with the trauma from the event and motivated him to try to make a difference. Wow. Uh, the first song that he writes is called Skylines and Turnstiles. Mm -hmm. And it's from their first album, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love. Yeah. I um, uh, I don't I don't know if he's listening to this or not, but uh, Jared Winkler, a good friend of mine, uh, we had a band in high school, and that was a song. I, we didn't cover it to like perform it, but I remember learning the rift, and we like practiced it and mm -hmm. played it. That song specifically um, in his basement at his parents' house. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and it's. Um... It, that article has a whole quote by him where he talks about like being in the crowd of people, talks about being somewhat of an empath mm -hmm. and just experiencing in that perspective and not so much because he didn't have anybody in the towers that he knew mm -hmm. or that he was very close to. Right. So it, it was more of just like the trauma of experiencing. Right. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, you don't have to have known anyone that was like directly yeah. at the scene to have been impact. I mean, like the entire nation or like even people in Alaska, for God's sake, mm -hmm. like well, saw he, that. And he brings up too, like the feelings of like apocalypse and what that means and, mm -hmm. you know, what, what happens tomorrow. And yeah. so, wow. Interesting quote. If, if you have the time to check it out. Um, so yeah, let's, let's leave the heavy stuff alone for a minute. Um, so yes, the first album is I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love in 2002, uh, followed by Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge in 2004, mm -hmm. which is one of their other more popular albums. Um, popular song from that album is Helena and I'm Not Okay, I Promise, which is what you were kind of doing a tribute to in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then next is Black Parade in 2006. Mm-hmm. This album can be described as a rock opera and is very theatrical. Mm -hmm. Really quick, the last, I guess, complete album is Danger Days, mm -hmm. The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys in 2010. Uh, there's a couple live albums and there's some com uh, compilation albums like Conventional Weapons and then there's some remastered albums and they have a couple singles out too. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, around 2003, the band did break up um, seems like they enjoyed the time and experience, but Gerard is quoted as saying, like all good things, it has to come to an end. Uh, recently, they did do a reunion tour and put out a single called The Foundation of Decay. Mm -hmm. And it truly feels like it it's like a distant memory calling out, like a calling to the guard, callings of the guard, like rallying. Like it is just such an intense song to me, mm -hmm. like like the memory reaching out to the void and like grabbing you on the shoulder mm -hmm. and being like, remember me. Mm -hmm. It's very intense. Well, there it's funny that you 
that you mentioned how um, big of an impact 9-11 had on Gerard yes. because it... There is a line in the song that straight up says the day that he saw the towers fell. Yeah. So it really is like them calling back to their it, their like yes. infancy as a band it and how is. they started. I just, I, I have no other way to explain it other than just like, like you're just minding your business and then, you know, you get grabbed on the shoulder and you turn around and it's like somebody you haven't seen and like everything floods in. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is just such an intense song to me and I, I love it. I absolutely adore it. Well, and it's cool because it, it's cool that you get that emotion from it because it's, I'm sure it's like that for the band having been gone for mm-hmm. a while and then like reuniting and coming back together mm-hmm. and, and recording music again. Like, and seeing the support. And, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's as a band, I'm sure it's like having an old friend back and reuniting and doing all that. But at the same time as fans, it's also like seeing your band come back, like come out of the woodwork and yeah. having a friend again that has well, been gone for a while. And a, a trend happening right now that that's really funny that I'm finding myself being a part of too is all of the millennials that were kind of either shunned or made fun of or hid themselves away for being different or for being goth or for being emo or for liking more of the darker things and being introverted. And, you know, we, we hit our like early, early 20s and we all try to be the normal you know, try to fit in, try to be normal. Like, oh, that was the past. I'm going to leave my emo phase behind. But now we're getting into like our late 20s into our 30s and we're all like shoveling that all back out. Mm -hmm. And we're all becoming like those goth kids again. Like I keep seeing the meme of like, I'm dressing like the 13-year-old me wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and then so now we have My Chemical Romance back and it's just like, yes. Uh. All the, yeah, all the, I feel like me. <laughs> all the Gen Zers can make fun of all the elder emos yeah. on uh, on TikTok. So, anyways, if you have a moment, listen to um, the Foundations of Decay by My Chemical Romance. Listen to the lyrics; it's really impactful because it's about like a lot of the lyrics are like, "I'm done. I'm done fighting. I'm just gonna lay down. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. take it. I'm just gonna, you know, sit in the ground, sit in my grave." let it wash over me type of thing. But then once you get to the very end, you hear like the chorusy part, like in the background, it ends and it says like you coward. And it's just like, ah, like, mm. <laughs> like no, don't lay down. Like, don't lay down. Don't mm. just take it. Like, and that, that's why it feels like a calling of the guard to me because it's like, stand back up, mm-hmm. stand back up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Get, get the fuck back up. Like mm-hmm. I oh I love it so much. I could start crying talking about it. Like I just <laughs> love it so fucking much. So fucking much. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. Okay. It is a good song. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Of the original four albums, each has a story that the songs are centered around. Mm-hmm. The Black Parade is about the reflections of a dying cancer patient and his grappling with grief. Mm-hmm. The songs are in order: The End, Dead, This Is How I Disappear. The Sharpest Lives, Welcome to the Black Parade, I Don't Love You, House of Wolves, Cancer, Mama, Sleep, Teenagers, Disenchanted, Famous Last Words, and then at the very, 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 very end. After like two minutes of after, silence. Yeah, about, no, it's it's about a minute and a half of silence. A minute and a half? I was close. Um, is the hidden track Blood, mm-hmm. which honestly is one of my favorite tracks. 
Yeah. And I'm so upset that I have to wait a minute and a half every time to listen to it. All right. Quick fun fact about Mama, mm-hmm. the song Mama. Uh, Liza Minnelli uh, is is uh, featured in it. Liza. Yeah, she she is the mother voice that sings back to the, I guess, the protagonist mm-hmm. um, that the lead singer is. Right. Um, and then... The other, there's some other background singers, and those are also the mothers of the other band members. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they, they cool. play a little part in it, too. Huh. But Liza Minnelli plays a specific part as the mother war character. The main, like, the main mother protagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a funny thing, like, in that, like, I'll, I'll try to be quick about this, but... Um, so when they sent her the song, like they were like, "Oh, wouldn't it be funny if like Liza Minnelli did this?" She probably won't. Ah. But so they sent it anyway, and she like totally did it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh no, just do this part. Like that's fun. Like we we respect your time." And she like listened to the whole song and literally was just like cutting up on top of the whole entire song. So they just have her just like wailing and crying and singing and just being like so theatrical and amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, this is wonderful. Like this is better than we can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it into the the song. So yeah. when you hear like the crying at the end, that's Liza Minnelli crying. Like that's her. Like, no, yeah. 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 That's cool. <laughs> that's so cool. Like how is that not the coolest shit you ever fucking heard? Get on <laughs> face. Like so now we're getting to the point of all this uh the first couple songs completed were this is were were, this is how i disappear i don't love you and disenchanted Mm -hmm. which heavily surround i mean obviously i just said like the whole album surrounds around the patient Mm -hmm. character um but those three specifically recall him and in his character um so they wrote those during the uh, 2005 tour of the previous album Mm. Um, then the band continue writing the rest of the album within the Paramore Mansion in LA. Mm. What is the Paramore Mansion? I hear you ask. What is the Paramore Mansion? Thank you. I have asked. Okay. I want to set this up right. So we got to talk about the history and the stuff of this place. Mm-hmm. The mansion is located in the Merino Highlands neighborhood of Silver Lake, LA, California. Uh, it is built in 1923 and designed by Robert D. Far- Farquhar. Like Farquad. I was about to say. <laughs> the same uh, tiny man. It, it kind of, it's like shortened. Lord Farquad. Farquhar. Farquhar. Uh, it is a 22,000 square foot Mediterranean revival mansion on 4.5 acres. The mansion was built for Antonio Moreno, a silent film star, and his wife, mm-hmm. Daisy Canfield Moreno who was an oil heiress. Mm-hmm. The house at the time was known as the Crestmount or the Canfield Moreno Estate. Um, Antonio Moreno, full real name is Antonio Gerardo Montegudo. Montegudo? Montegudo. He was a Spanish-born American film actor, film director, and film director of the silent film era. Spanish-born, you don't say. I don't, yes. <laughs> Antonio. Whatever. <laughs> he was often typecast as the quote Latin lover character. Mm. So very handsome, very assertive and direct, but passionate and exotic. Mm-hmm. And, he's Spanish. And racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not white? Uh, we have a role for no, you. No, but look, see, because <laughs> this is something that I'm trying to get into my head. Like, because when you say Spanish, like you're talking about Europe. Mm-hmm. Like that's. That's Europe. Spaniards. I mean, they're Spanish, but like 
they're still European. Like that's that's white to me, but like I don't know. Like maybe that's a weird. Um. Yeah, I don't. It's. A, I wouldn't say exotic. It's a weird gray area, and I I don't know. Apologies to any like actual Spanish people that may be listening and have opinions. If if you have an actual opinion on this and would like to leave us a comment about <laughs> where you stand, please leave it so that we may be educated in the future. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, in 1923, he married Daisy Emma Canfield. She was married to J.M. Dan Danziger, an oil man, and she divorced him in 1921, citing cruelty. Hmm. I was going to stop there and just get into the house history, but... Canfield family history has got some drama, honey. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, they got some skeletons. So Charles A. Canfield is a wealthy oil man. He founded the Chancellor Canfield Midway Oil Company in the 1880s. In 1892, he brought L.A.'s first gusher, located northwest of what is now L.A.'s downtown area. I like gushers. <laughs> <laughs> I never made that connection. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite fruit snack. Um, His wife, Chloe Canfield, was a leader of the city's social and charitable activities. Mm -hmm. She is known as being beautiful and generous. Hmm. So beautiful and so generous. So beautiful. Uh, They had one son and four daughters, one of those daughters being Daisy. Hmm. In uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Also, they are filthy rich with oil money. All right. Filthy rich. Uh, in 1906, Charles, the father, uh, Daisy, one of the millions of daughters, and her first husband, J.M. Danzinger, are on a trip to Mexico to find oil or something. They were just away. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> they were out to find oil or um, something. They were in Mexico doing something about oil. Looking for something. Um, enter into the scene, Morris Buck, a former coachman for the Canfields. Mm-hmm. He had been previously fired five years back for being a shitty coachman. He would leave the horses unattended and then on some occasions beat them. Uh, that is pretty shitty. Yeah, shitty, shitty dude. So he came back around to ask for a loan. Uh, okay. <laughs> like they forgot five years ago that you beat the shit out of their horses. Like, okay. He did initially send a letter but got no reply. So he figured he'd just drop by. I wonder why he didn't get a reply. he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's out of the house in Mexico. Uh, so it's really just Chloe, a couple of the service people of the house, and her granddaughter. Um, the service people warn Chloe not to see Buck, uh, but she fearlessly offers to talk to him on the front porch. She obviously refuses to lend him the money, and Buck stands up and shoots her point blank. But she doesn't go down. After being shot once, she grabs for her gun, or for his gun, but unfortunately, he shoots her again and hits her straight in the heart. Her poor granddaughter is not physically hurt, but the terror that poor girl experiences is, like, awful. Mm-hmm. Like, holding your grandma's hand mm-hmm. and seeing some crazy-ass dude shoot her two times, like, and her fighting, like, oh my god, like, <laughs> wow, just trauma. Buck flees the scene, but is caught a few blocks away after being chased by cops and neighbors that witnessed the shooting. Because hmm. this is just out, like, broad mm-hmm. daylight. Right. There's a lot more to the story revolving around the child and the outcome, but we're going to fast forward to the aftermath. There's actually a lot of really interesting history with that. Um, the I think the lawyer for their side basically, like, works and, like, they basically condemn this dude 
But then he like doubles back and he's like, oh, no, everybody deserves a fair, fair trial. Like we shouldn't be putting like my his blood are, is on my hands, basically. So he becomes like a defense lawyer, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of like interesting like morality questions mm-hmm. that come up from that trial. Um, so, yeah, Buck is sentenced to hang, by the way. Uh, Charles, the dad, uh, never recovered from the tragedy and aged quickly and died a widower in 1913. So, unfortunately, the rest of the family's history has gone from philanthropy to courtroom trials for trust funds, divorces, child support, alimony, and assault charges. Uh, Around this time, Daisy is divorced from the oil guy in 1921 and marries Antonio Moreno in 1923. She uses her daddy money to hire Robert Robert Farquhar to build the Pressmount estate. A quick fun fact about Robert, um, he was the architect for the Pentagon and the L.A. California Club. Hmm. Yeah, that's how much fucking money these people have. This dude designed the fucking Pentagon, and they were like, make me a house. Can you do that? (laughs) I want a Mediterranean revival, whatever. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. (laughs) To play devil's advocate, it's a... It's a pentagon. (laughs) (laughs) Design me a building for all of our our state's top uh, top government officials. In the nineteen hundreds, though, you make a shit. You make some shit look like a pentagon when everything looked like a rectangle. (laughs) You know know how crazy that is. (laughs) I'll put one more side on it. Okay. This guy's crazy. Um, so in 1929, the couple adopt two children and move. Um, but when they move, the estate is deeded to the Chloe P. Canfield Memorial Home for Girls by Daisy and her three sisters. Unfortunately, in 1933, the couple separated and Daisy is in a very bad car accident on Mulholland Drive and dies from sustained injuries. Hmm. Antonio Moreno never remarries and would live to 79 in Beverly Hills. So back to the house history. So yeah, the house becomes Chloe P. Canfield Memorial Home for Girls, a boarding school and academy that educated orphan girls and young women through the Great Depression. Uh, I found this really awesome PDF from the Paramore site that had a lot of this info, but it's a little conflicting with previous information that I found. Uh, Like before, I said that Daisy was away in Mexico for oil business, when, when Chloe was murdered, but in the PDF, it says that she witnessed it. So I'm not really sure where, you know, mm-hmm. the estate was then gifted to the Frances, Francesc, mm-hmm. Fran, Francescian missionary sisters of the Immaculate Conception. How do you say that? Francescian? Uh, friend, uh, sure. I, I seriously meant to look that up before doing this and then I just never did. Franciscan. Franciscan. Okay, can I do that over? Like San Franciscan. Sure. Because <laughs> isn't San like Saint? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I had to look up how to say it. What makes yeah, you think I know? <laughs> so the estate was then gifted to the Franciscan. You already forgot what he <laughs> said. <laughs> Oh Lord! Oh, no, get it, get it together. Franciscan, Franciscan, Franciscan. San Francisco, Franciscan, Franciscan. That's what tripped me up because you said something stupid. Franciscan. 
Yep. The estate was then gifted to the Franciscan missionary Sisters of the Immaculate Conception. The nuns were in the process of immigrating from Mexico and looking for a safe place to bring displaced and orphaned children. In 1953, it was reopened as the Immaculate Conception Convent, convent and Home for Girls. The following year, the Grand Living Room was consecrated as a chapel, which later made it a popular wedding venue. And in 1988, it was granted a historical, a historic cultural landmark in L.A. So in 1991, a designer or she's also a restaurateur named Dana Hollister toured the estate as a potential buyer. The nuns were trying to sell the property and move the convent so that they could expand. The estate was needing some upgrades, but also seemed like the area was was starting to take a turn and it wasn't really a safe neighborhood anymore. Hmm. So Dana tries to help them out by funding their move and seeks out investors to turn the estate into a boutique hotel. But because of the state of the area, she didn't find much support. So around 1998, she got help from a local bank and purchased the estate herself to help the sisters and preserve the estate, renaming it the Paramore. So for the following years, Dana restored the estate with funding by hosting film and photo shoot, weddings, and special, event, uh, special events. The PDF shows a bunch of pictures of A-list celebrities who have used the estate for filming or photo shoots. Some notable people are Rihanna, Jack White, Ariana Grande, Johnny Depp, Miley Cyrus, Joy, George Clooney, Dita Von Teese, Elton John, Britney Spears, and our favorite band, My Chemical Romance. In 2021, the estate was listed for $40 million. Uh, there's some not super related drama with Dana Hollister and Katy Perry over another property uh, that I thought was kind of funny to talk about for a minute. Because you like drama. <laughs> yeah, like drama horror. Um, Katy Perry was about to buy a property that, ho that housed the Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary uh, for about uh, $14.5 million. Uh, but at the last second, the sisters sold the property to Dana for $15.5 hmm. Uh But the archdiocese of the LA of, of LA said that they had no right to sell it. Mm. Yeah, um, the, uh, the archdiocese. Diocese, yeah. Archdiocese. Mm -hmm. The district for which, the, which is the, the district for which the archbishop is responsible. Yep. Which is the this LA. Is, this is all having to do with uh, Catholicism. Yeah. Yep. Sure. I guess, yeah. Nuns. <laughs> yes. Uh, the court ruled against the nuns, saying that the sale to Dana was invalid, even though she had already been living there, and made them pay the archdiocese and Katy Perry millions in legal fees, hmm. uh, which caused a years-long legal battle between the nuns and Katy Perry. <laughs> um, sad. Katy Perry, what you? What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing fighting nuns? Sad and, and um, not something to laugh about. Um, in one of the hearings, a nun collapsed and died in court. Oh, that's not that's not good. During court, yeah. Oh. Uh, so I got. I guess Katy Perry got the house. <laughs> not, not gonna laugh at that reaction. <laughs> yeah. Um. I didn't dig much deeper than that. I I read that the nun died, and I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> Lord. I gotta go. Um, I did see like really quick, like I did see a quote that the nuns were like, we don't want to sell to Katy Perry because she stands for everything we don't like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I was like, okay. 
Um, so if you want to see a cool little video about what the inside of it looks like today, you can check out the video on set at the Paramore Estate by Justin McLean on YouTube. Link is in the sources. Um, also, the Paramore has a booking website with some amazing photos of the rooms at theparamore.com. Paramore is spelled P-A-R-A-M-O-U-R. Hmm. Not like the band. Not like the band. Yeah. Not like not like the Haley Williams fronted yeah. pop punk band. There is some cool information on how the filming works on site in that video. And you can see kind of how they like block off the valuables, which mm. I didn't realize happens in filming, mm. in like filming on location. So that was really interesting to see. Mm. So yeah, let's again for like, I think the fourth or fifth time, let's get back to the point. <laughs> Uh, this seems this place seems to be haunted as hell. Um, I was really hoping to find one of the big ghost shows doing a ghost hunt of this place, but I couldn't find anything. Hmm. Maybe I just wasn't digging deep enough, but like no ghost adventures, no ghost lab, no dead file, nothing. Nobody went here, which is weird because it's like totally open to filming. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Um, it, it's super surprising because it's got all of the makings of a good Hollywood haunted mansion. Mm-hmm. You have old silent film actor drama. You have old heiress money tragedy. You have nuns. You have mm-hmm. orphans. Mm-hmm. You have girl school. Like uh, haunted. <laughs> yeah. Haunted as shit. By, by all, all stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But yeah, and it doesn't seem to be a secret that it's haunted either um as it's a place that everybody in the industry has either stayed at or filmed at some point and they all have a story Hmm. but i'm i'm thinking it's because that maybe that they're currently trying to sell it Hmm. maybe that they're kind of dampening all of the the like it's haunted stories right also it's like a popular wedding venue so I was about to say, maybe it's just booked up all the time for like photo shoots and weddings and whatever else. So I don't people know. coming in to do like ghost tours or whatever, it's not really high up on their priority list yeah. in terms of what's making them money off of the property. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. Um, but it, it would be a cool place to do. It's a beautiful house. Mm. I mean, the pictures are super cool. Like if I... You would look at it and you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, this is this would be a house that you would like make up. Mm. Like, <laughs> it, there's like a taxidermied like zebra just in a hallway somewhere. Nice. Yeah. It's great. It's really cool. Mm. Um, really beautiful colors and everything. Um, so before My Chemical Romance get to the location, they hear a story about a potential haunting. Uh, Gerard states, we had heard stories about the Paramore. We had heard stories about someone at a party there being up in the tower and having a complete freak out, you know? There was this little, there was this one room that was in a tower. You had to climb these stairs. It was a separate tower from the rest of the house. And apparently at a party, someone had lost their mind and had to be brought out by an ambulance or something. To which I'm like, okay, like it's a party and we're in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> why, why, why perchance do you think that they lost their mind, Jarade? To <laughs> Why might they have uh, lost their mind? So I, I don't know if I would say that's a paranormal. But maybe there's more to it that was explained to, mm. to say like this person maybe wasn't uh, somebody that did a lot of drugs. Mm. Maybe this is a person that didn't really drink. Right. Yeah. Who knows? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so My Chemical Romance, the band, walks up to the house for the for the first time for their stay and to write the rest of the Black Parade album. Mm-hmm. And by their account, they immediately feel an oppressive, oppressive air to the estate. Anywhere that they went in the property, they were followed by a feeling of dread and heaviness, and they also report feelings of being watched. Hmm. Um, Mikey Way, Gerard, Gerard, Gerard's, that you fucked me up. <laughs> I done did it to you. <laughs> Gerard Way's younger brother uh, stayed in what is called the Blue Room and is supposedly the most haunted room. Hmm. Um, I could not find what he experienced, but it also seemed like he didn't really want to talk about it by some of the articles that I found. Um, but whatever it was, it freaked him out so much that he would eventually end up sleeping on the floor in Gerard's room. Hmm. Eventually, he would leave the house to seek out help, because uh, during his time, he was battling some mental health concerns and addiction, which quickly escalated during their stay at the mansion. Hmm. So one night after Mikey left, uh, Gerard and the guitarist, Ray Toro, were working on the album when Ray became, began strumming a melody from an Ozzy Osbourne song. Uh, Gerard joined in, and the two wrote the song, Famous Last Words, inspired by Mikey's departure. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so um, now I know that I can't make you stay, but where's your heart? I'm not afraid to keep on living. I'm not afraid to walk this world alone. Honey, if you stay, you'll be forgiven. Nothing can stay, can stop me going home. Mm. So that's all. Uh, yeah, in that's all him. To like Mikey's departure. Yeah, and and mm. being afraid, really. I mean, of his brother's safety, dealing with whatever was going on with him mentally, but also the addiction. Mm. So, the I'm not afraid to keep on living. I'm not afraid to walk this world alone. Mm. Type of thing. So yeah. Wow. That's one of my favorite songs on the album. It's also one of mine, and has one of the best riffs. Yeah. Uh, out of all the songs. So Ray swears he saw an apparition at the end of a dark hallway on one occasion. Hmm. Sleep is another song inspired by events at the mansion. While staying at the mansion, Gerard would have night terrors. He states that he would often wake up feeling like someone had been strangling him in his sleep and had nightmares of seeing his loved ones burned to death. Hmm. At the beginning of the song Sleep, there's a recording playing of Gerard mentioning these night terrors from the Paramore estate. And they're mm-hmm. all like kind of right. taped and glitchy and scratchy. Um, so yeah, that's actually him. Those are those are actually him talking about. That's not just like some mm-hmm. like sampled, free to use asterisk. Not a paid actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other experiences that the band had is that they would hear the sounds of dogs barking or voices murmuring when nobody else was around. Huh. Doors slamming in empty rooms. Uh, One night, the band returned from a night out to find that all of the tubs in the mansion had been filled with water. Um, Yeah, mind you, there's like fucking 15 bathrooms or some shit in this place. Like, (laughs) That's that's oddly coincidental. (laughs) Um, Gerard also claims fighting a visceral urge to jump into the pool and sink to the bottom. Um, The band felt like they were being consumed by the house so much that the album was almost named The Five of Us Are Dying before being named The Black Parade. That's a a bit of an on-the-nose title (laughs) (laughs) for for an album, in my opinion. But I like to be pushed to that extent, like, wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, So because of the stress and chaos by the house, 
uh, the band left before their scheduled time. Mm. Uh, the band also seems to have been cursed following their stay. Uh, during the filming of their music video for Famous Last Words, the band members would sustain major injuries. That There was a lot of fire involved with that mm-hmm. music video. <laughs> At the time, the, the drummer, Bob Breyer, was severely burned on his leg, like severely as in like three, mm-hmm. third, third degree. degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and would later get gangrene. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Gerard and Frank Iro, Iro. I, I'm I'm still unsure of the the pronunciation. It's either Iero or Iero. Yeah, Iero. Crash landed. Um, Frank jumped on Gerard um, at one point, and Gerard tore ligaments in his ankle. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, on the tour, Bob Breyer would injure his wrist. Um, and then, uh, cherry on top, multiple band members would get severe food poisoning, causing them to cancel six shows. Wow. Um, following that, Frank would then have to leave the tour altogether because of illness. That, I mean, I don't know. That, that sounds extremely unfortunate, but I don't know if I would call that like a haunting or like a prolonged. A curse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because then I, you think of, like, other touring, and it's like, touring just sounds like fucking... There, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there are just so... Just, like, hell on earth. There are so many moving parts yeah. with that whole, like, process. And uh, this is someone speaking without any applicable, like, actual touring musician experience, but watching people that I've seen on YouTube and, mm-hmm. and like, MTV interviews and whatever mm-hmm. like just all of the music um interview material out there um is there's just so much that goes into that whole mm-hmm. process i always just think of that michael jackson clip where mm-hmm. he, they're like asking him about touring he's like i hate touring i hate touring mm-hmm. i just i know i can't i'm sorry i can't lie about it i hate touring <laughs> and so they like goad him and they're like can you just say one thing positive and they're like okay and so they like do the clacker like the movie clacker and he mm. looks straight at the camera and goes i love touring <laughs> 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 i've never seen that really no. it's really popular but it's like if somebody even like michael jackson mm-hmm. like the dude could like afford anything mm-hmm. Like even if it's miserable for him, like mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, you could have you could have any amenity imaginable to make it easier for yourself. Yeah, and you still hate it, really? right? Yeah. So, anyways, that's the end of the My Chemical Romance experience of the house. But I wanted I wanted just a little bit more because I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. There's not like there was no like nuns. That's it. That's it. That wasn't enough for you. You didn't see no nuns. Gang- third degree burns and gangrene wasn't enough for you? <laughs> no. You didn't see no kids running around laughing and something. Like, who's haunting this house? Like, why is this house haunted? Hmm. That's why I'm like, no ghost shows went there? Like, you didn't put up, like, a, a ghost box and was like, who's here? <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you didn't You didn't turn on the box and do the... No. Nobody. Um, so I did find two other band experiences. Although there's there's a lot of people that have experiences in this place. Mm-hmm. I found it really difficult to find specific experiences. Hmm. But I did find two other bands, two other metal bands would stay and record albums here. Slipknot <laughs> yeah. recorded their album Volume 3, The Subliminal Verses, in the estate and released the album in 2003. Mm-hmm. 
During their stay, band member Corey Taylor recounts in his book, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Heaven, a paranormal event. Um, he was sharing a room with band member Sean Clown Crahan. Mm-hmm. I real quick disclaimer: I really don't know anything about Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Um, I I honestly listened to like the first couple of songs in that album, and I was like, "Oh, this is great." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> the The music is is really good. Um, shout out again to uh, Jared Winkler, uh, one of my besties. Um, he's a, a big Slipknot fan. Yeah. No, um, I was like, why am I not? Like, I love listening to metal music when I work. <laughs> yeah. And no. I, I work with fucking wedding dresses all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, the, Slipknot was a slow burn on me. Um, but it's, their, yeah. yeah, their stuff is really good. So I look forward to the following week where I get to listen to Slipknot <laughs> and work on my projects at work. Yeah. Um, so, yep, he's sharing the room with, with Clown. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And all of the doors were seemingly locked to the outside. So the room door is locked mm-hmm. and the door to the balcony is locked, closed and locked. But the door for the bathroom is wide open. Um, he was in the bathroom getting ready for a night on the town. He quotes, I was taking a shower, getting ready to hit the town with vengeance. I was in a great <laughs> mood. <laughs> yeah, getting ready to hit the town with a vengeance. The most... The most Slipknot thing yeah. Corey Taylor could say. Wait. I was about to hit the town with vengeance. Wait. Just wait. <laughs> I was in a great mood, singing along with the Bee Gees and washing all my filthy bits that needed immediate attention. That sounds like Corey Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the shower curtain was open a smidge and could see the room from my vantage point. I looked up. A man in a tuxedo walked past the open door, staring right at me. Hmm. End quote. Another band member... Joey Jordison. Joey Jordanson. Jordanson. Mm-hmm. Also had experiences. Recently um, deceased, unfortunately. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Well, he felt a ghostly form pass through him in the basement and re- would report his door swinging open at 9 30. Can I say that over? I'm sorry. You can say anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> so he felt a. Uh, a ghostly form passed through him in the basement and would report his door swinging open at 9.30 a.m. every morning. Hmm. So another band, mm-hmm. <laughs> Papa Roach, All right. <laughs> would release an album in 2006 titled The Paramore Sessions. Oh, interesting. During recording, the lead vocalist, Jacoby Shaddix, Jacoby. would have a serious case of writer's block. Mm-hmm. So he sought help from the late Daisy Canfield, who was buried on the property. Jacoby claims that the house is haunted by Daisy and seems to interact with her frequently, or seemed to interact with her frequently during his time mm-hmm. there. He states, quote, we had this loop going through the PA, and every time we came up to the section where it goes, I'm going to crash, the PA computer and all the power in the house would die, unquote. Which is from the song Crash from the album, mm-hmm. which feels a little bit in poor taste, in my opinion, considering that Daisy died in a car crash. Mm. A really severe car crash. Mm-hmm. Where she wouldn't be able to be pulled out in one piece. Hmm. So interesting. Well, but also somewhat traumatic, maybe for her. So I'm like, can we stop talking about 
so car crashes. So it's a no wonder she killed the power in your house. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. It uh. feels wrong. <laughs> this is this is you know like interesting but wrong. Well, that's Papa Roach for you. <laughs> <laughs> interesting but wrong. <laughs> um. So he would also visit her gravesite and meditate. Following the meditation, he would have a creative burst of energy and wrote pages of material. Um, and then that would—that is how he wrote the song "Forever" from the song from from the album that it was written. Hmm. I'm not as familiar with Papa Roach material. What I've heard, you would recognize "Forever" because I listened to it and I was like, "Oh, I think I've." I, that song. I, I think I overheard you listening to it today. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, that that melody or that riff is in me somewhere deep down. Yeah. Because I recognize it. But yeah. But yeah, that's where forever comes from. I, I had always wondered where forever comes yeah. from. So, anyways, that's my story. Wow. That's it. That's soup's interesting. Yeah. A lot of a lot of band tidbits. Yeah. A lot of interesting things. I most interesting enough uh for me was um that that the band My Chemical Romance was essentially formed in in direct relation to the whole 911 yeah. thing. So if that's like truly accurate and I'm not like questioning your research ability or or anything like that, but if that's like legitimately where that comes from that's that's really interesting. Yeah, at at the time that that happened, he was actually an intern for Cartoon Network. Um, because mm-hmm. Gerard Way, uh, aside from you know My Chemical Romance, he's actually like a a writer, an author, comic book writer, and um, created the story for the Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he was a, a intern for Cartoon Network, mm-hmm. and he has like some like hand in like shows and stuff yeah he's a big um he's a big anime cartoon um superhero like creative Mm -hmm. uh character i Mm -hmm. guess Uh, creative buff yeah he's got a lot of stuff out there he did um he's got a couple of comics that he's played a a role in Mm -hmm. too he's just he's super creative Mm -hmm. and it really i mean obviously black parade being as a creative of a project as it was and a production as a whole obviously it it comes through in that but danger days their last uh studio album too is very all of the material for that like all of the uh music videos and and everything else it's very thematic and very mm-hmm. uh, like uh, you can tell like knowing that about gerard like how creative he is in very that respect energy, yeah it's very cartoon, very anime, very mm. superhero, like wham, bam, onomatopoeia, like word bubbles and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's super cool, though. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if they come up with what they do with new music. Because whenever they said that, like, oh, you know, we're done, mm. um, there were a couple quotes saying that it was like, it, it just wasn't fun anymore. Like, mm. you know, we it felt more... I guess like a job at that point than it was like creating something for people. So we put it down and we moved on to different things and yeah. Yeah. But they, he has like all of the band members 
have their own like musical endeavors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all have like other bands that they're a part of or albums that they've done on their own. So, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Frank has a a video. I don't. I don't know what in reference to what uh, project it's specifically about, or it may not even be in reference to a project. But um, for all the music buffs out there, uh, Frank has a premiere guitar YouTube episode out there mm-hmm. that he just like goes through his whole rig and all of his sounds and his pedal boards and oh. and all that stuff. Cool. It's super interesting. He's a he's a really interesting guy. Knows his stuff. Knows a lot about. Uh, gear and all that so i personally find it super interesting what a nerd yeah anyways um you want to do doggy horoscopes maybe yeah let's do it come on charlie you want to you want to hear your horoscope so today's doggy horoscopes come from hinduism time (laughs) oh hinduism his oh i'm sorry (laughs) hindustan times Hindustan times. Hindustan times. Hindustan times. What is that for? I don't know. Okay. But but there's a a weather app uh, on their site, and it's for new... uh, new, uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) It's for New Delhi. Oh, okay. So I I think we're on brand. Okay. Uh, Anyways. Uh, Horoscope today astrological prediction for november 14th 2022 cool this this would be for tomorrow okay in this day of our lord november 14th (laughs) 2022 uh sagittarius so this would be for mela first okay previous dues you had been waiting for are likely to be received soon some ups and down on the health front cannot be ruled out a professional breakthrough is likely to catapult you to greater heights cater to the likes and dislikes of a family elder even if you have to compromise your style what does that mean wait can you say the first sentence again previous dues you had been waiting for are likely to be received soon okay so mela might get a promotion (laughs) she might have a tummy ache and she needs to cater to my needs. Either she has a tummy ache or that nipple that she's had oh. infected for the past while is going <gasps> to blow up. Oh, no. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. So her nipple might blow up. She might Don't get a promotion. And she needs to cater to my every whim. Uh, okay, Charlie's <laughs> is... What's Charlie? Aries? Yeah. Indulging in the excesses may prove bad for health. Hey, stop eating the inside of your cage. <laughs> <laughs> a deal you have clinched may turn out to be a golden goose. Professional achievements will help in getting you to the next step on the career front. Mood swings of spouse threaten to spoil the domestic environment. You are likely to be part of the trip organized by your friends. That's a little scatterbrained. Yeah. Wow. Charlie, you're going to take a business trip. It's going to be great for you. You might get a promotion as well. Um, You need to stop indulging in your plastic tray. (laughs) She keeps eating the tray in her cage. Not good. What else was in there? A deal you have clinched may turn out to be a golden goose. Oh, what's that about? 
What kind of deal? Charlie's wheeling and dealing while we're out of the house. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. If you have an idea, let us know in the comments. Just wondering what kind of... She clinched a deal. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. The only thing Charlie be clinching lately is her butt. (laughs) 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 I had to do it. Uh, mood swings of spouse. Oh, that was the mood of a swings. domestic environment. Yeah, mood swings. So, um, you, me, <laughs> <laughs> you're the only one of us that has mood swings. <laughs> Mela doesn't have mood swings. No, Mela can be kind of mood swingy. She'll want to play, and then the next second, she's like, "Never mind." They're not spouses, though. They're yeah. sisters. I'm not Charlie's spouse. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. so anyway okay all right well that's about it we talked yeah. about we talked about my can we talked about the dogs yeah we talked about katie perry katie perry killing a nun <laughs> she did not kill a nun <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> that's not what we talked about <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. Not, not even allegedly <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) That's not true. It's not a true fact. All right. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for your time. Uh, The dog here is free. Congrats on making it to the end of the episode. Why don't you give us a follow wherever you're listening and maybe even leave a review. Put in a good word with the algorithm, you know? For picture references and other general content related to the pod, you can follow our social accounts at the dog hair is free on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Subscribe to get notifications when we post new episodes, but otherwise we're targeting releases every other week, so hopefully more frequently in the future. And again, thanks for your time. The dog hair is free.